COVID-friendly way, should we just see if we can interact with people? We've got a lot of separation in society at the moment. So in a COVID-friendly way, sticking to your, your ways of doing things, just say hello, even if it's just a head nod to someone 10 meters away. Let's just get some interaction while I get set up. Oh, yeah, that's good, Alan. I like that. That's very good. Oakley, dokely. Right, we'll plonk that there, plonk that there. Oh, there's some chicken feed. Very good. Very good. Uh, always fortified porridge every morning. Thank you very much, without fail. Um, good to have some heckling in the house, early doors. Keep it coming. When I was about, oh, I'm Seb, by the way, nice to meet you all. Uh, who, anyone I don't know, um, but <laughs> moving on. Um, when I was about, I'd say, 11, I was at chapel at school. We had chapel every morning, Christian school, um, not my cup of tea, the God stuff at the time, but um, yeah, we had chapel every morning. About 11 or 12, the PE teacher, Mr. Parnell, took the talk. And he had this egg, and he was very confident uh, about this egg. He said, you know, if you get an egg and you squeeze in the middle, it will crack. I think we all will know that. But he said, if you squeeze from the top to the bottom and hold it like that, and you try really hard, you're not going to be able to crack it. And so Mr. Parnell was very confident about this and proceeded to um, show that confidence by walking over to Mr. Sibley, who was at the piano, who was head of music. He said, I could crack this over, Mr. or try to crack this over Mr. Sibley's head, and it won't crack. <laughs> Mr. Sibley um, seemed like a lovely man. He was caring, but quite quiet, and to us immature kids, quite dour um, individuals. So we were all like, oh, come on, please, Lord, <laughs> please. And so he goes to crack it, and it cracks all over Mr. Sibley's head. <laughs> And I don't know which was more amusing, the egg yolk dribbling down Mr. Sibley's head or the look of horror on Mr. Parnell's face. Very eggy. And so we come to probably the eggiest, most yolkiest passage of the Bible, which is Matthew 11, 28, 30. Um, so if you want to crack your, your Bibles open, if you've got one, that's where we're going to spend time. We're going to be sticking to these three verses like glitter to a room after a children's party. So this is where we're going to be heading. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I remember uh, just another eggy story. Uh, my cousin, who's, oh, he's about, he's just turned 21, I think. Yeah, 21. So he's about 14 years younger than my brother. When he was a young teenager, he turned to my brother and he said, what would you do if I cracked an egg on your head? And I think my brother gave some sort of threat involving dangling him from his ankles or something. And then my cousin went, yeah, but the yoke's on you. <laughs> I thought Don might like that one. Uh, Anyway, right, a bit of context to these few verses. Um, first of all, in the preceding verses to this, Jesus has been talking about the nature of his relationship and connection with the Father. Um, he has been describing elements of that. And that's just stunning because the, the triune God, which is a fancy way of putting three persons, one God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, is stunning. 
It is the, he is the most um, beautiful dance to watch. He is the greatest symphony to hear, and he is the most satisfying thing to experience and almost taste. Uh, God is, is beautiful. He is the God of order. He's the God of structure, but he is also beautifully creative and fluid and in perfect community and perfect love. And so Jesus has been unpacking elements of his connection with the Father, which is um, we're going to touch upon a bit later, but that's context number one. Context number two is that this passage, um, its immediate context refers to um, this oppressive, restrictive burden that the Jewish law was placing on the Jewish people. Um, And Jesus touches upon this at multiple points during the gospel accounts of how the Pharisees have just lumped this onto the Jewish people and missed the point. So those are our two pieces of context. And now we're going to get into uh, these verses. And we're just going to stick this on the screen the whole time for those who want it. I, gosh, I really do struggle with slides. I thought that was looking all right, but it looks distinctly average now. Oh, well. Back to primary school on PowerPoint for Seb. Come. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened. Come to me, all who are weary about talking about COVID. Come to me, all who are weary of the news right now. Come to me, all who are weary of social media. Come to me, all who are weary because they have watched too much news and engaged with too much social media. Come to me, all who are weary from working hard. Come to me all who are weary from uh, the different opinions out there at the moment and what's happening in the world. Come to me all who are weary from self-reliance. Come to me all who are weary from suppressed emotions. Come to me all who are weary from expressed emotions. Come to me all who are weary from life just feeling a bit dull at the moment and going through the motions. Come to me all who are weary from grief. Come to me all who are weary from all the hearts. Come to me all who are weary from um, just finding it hard to journey with Jesus or not having chosen to journey with Jesus. Our verses start here with a big invitation to all of us. It is big and bold and staring us right in the face from the start. Now here's interesting. Here's something interesting. Um, I have in my notes, and you can check them afterwards if you really want, um, I have the verse about Jesus wanting to scoop up the Jewish people, like a mother hen scoops up her chicks. I have Psalm 23, which Ruby just quoted as well. God is a God who speaks. If you don't know the Lord and you're here today, can I just say from the bottom of my heart, he speaks clearly. He aligns things up. He is real, and he is not distant, and he, is, he cares, like Ruby was saying, about our daily lives. So if you don't know him, please, please come and talk to me or someone, a friend who's brought you about coming to know Jesus, because he is so real, so, so real. I've done life without him, and it sucks uh, compared to life with him. Anyway, side note, we have this, this word come, and I, I wonder if we look at these words sometimes, um, like the, the psalm that Ruby quoted of Psalm, uh, psalm 23, um, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in pastures green. Makes me. I mean, is he getting you by the shoulder and just, there you go, sit down. And I, I think that's an obvious exaggeration I've just made there, but I wonder when we see these, these command words like come or make, what tone do we hear that? And how do we read it? 
Because it's, it's, I think it's easy to kind of project things onto, onto Jesus, which aren't actually who he is. And yet in my notes, I've got it's like being scooped up. This come to me. It's a scooping up. And actually, guess which couple I've got in my notes who I think do this really well? Don and Heather Ben. <laughs> I've loved working with Don. Um, and Don, Don really gets that it's all about love. He's so pastoral. He's been a dad to so many, and he's so gentle to be around and, and to work with as well. It'd be an absolute joy. And Heather is just the mama bear. <laughs> Heather just scoops like a mama bear. Heather is um, that, that warm, um, great at hugs. But there is a mana, an authority there that you carry, mate. And I, I just think about the talk that, um, was it last year at Mother's Day? Or was it this year? Two years, okay, I'm getting old. Um, two years ago. And, and Heather just gave this straight up fantastic talk where there was authority, but it was just drenched and dripping in love. And I think it's a similar thing going on in this come to me. It's almost like when you've had a hard day's work and you go to your mate's house who's just cooking you a meal and you're like, oh, can I do anything to help? Particularly if you're an earnest Brit. And they're like, no, just smile and look pretty. You, you don't do anything. You sit down. You hear that, that command word? You sit down. But it's not from a you sit down. It's a you sit down. I've got you. Receive the love. And so as we're entering into these three verses, we can already actually trip at the opening word because we can miss the Father's heart in the words of Jesus. Every invitation, every desire with Jesus and what he's saying to us is an insight and a reflection of the Father's heart. This is the Father's heart. Come to me. And we're met by the most astonishing love out there. Okay, next bit. All who are weary and burdened. He knew we would get weary. He knew we would get burdened. It's not news to him. And I felt like there were some people here who needed to hear that. Um, I certainly love hearing that. Um, but he's not surprised. He's not caught off guard by the things that are making us weary. I love that he knows how many um, hairs are on our head. And it's not just our physical anatomy that he knows, but he knows us so deeply. And I will give you rest. Now, this is promised territory. It should be going ding, 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 ding. These are the promises of God kicking in here. Come to me if you're weary and burdened. I will give you rest. He comes to renew, to redeem, to replace, to restore all the rees. And he takes our heavy burdens. And, and there is a strong whiff of exchange going on here. And that we come to him and, and you know, as we, we, as we engage with him and we're intimate with him, we're like, God, I am weary. I'm burdened. I, I give these to you. And we get his rest. Now, our burdens are obviously not burdens to God. Um, he is God and he has defeated death and sin on the cross as he, he took that on the cross and then died and then rose again. They are gone. Like they are, it's not even straining his little pinky. But there is this exchange going on. Take my yoke. Take my yoke, the eggy bit. Now, yoke, for those who, um, some of you have heard this multiple times before, but um, refresher for those who have, and for those who haven't heard it, you're probably like, oh my gosh, this is what the passage means. <laughs> I thought it was all about eggs. Um, this yoke is uh, referring to a wooden frame um, that would often be between two animals, usually oxen, um, usually an older senior oxen and a junior oxen. 
um, for pulling heavy loads in, in farming or tasks around the, the land that one would own. And yeah, the, the junior oxen would be able to learn the way, and also it would, it would lessen the load for the junior oxen because you've got the big oxen with the big shoulders and taking the brunt of it. So we have this picture that Jesus is engaging with, but it's not a new picture that Jesus is using. This was already active in, in Jewish um, rhetoric and in, in Jewish understanding and Jewish speech, um, and it was a metaphor for being sub- under subjection to one another. And it was also commonly a metaphor for being subjected to the law. So you were under the yoke of the law. And obviously Jesus has come along and said, it's too much, it's been too heavy. Um, and the Pharisaic, the, the Pharisees' interpretation of the law was crushing. It was a crushing legalistic burden. Whilst Jesus says, just come to me. This, this simple commitment. Simple and that anyone can come to him, but rich and deep and lifelong and Wow, the biggest adventure. I think also when I was looking at this, um, it's interesting that the Jewish people found this, this wooden, what would have been a wooden yoke, so heavy, or the strapping. And Jesus is saying, come to me, it's simple. And I was thinking of Jesus carrying the cross all the way to Golgotha, carrying this wooden frame. And just how it is another picture of he has carried for us that wooden frame, that crushing burden of the law so that we don't have to carry it. I had an interesting moment with this at um, Papua Nui High a few weeks back where we were looking at this passage and, and Georgia came out with a cracking point that we can look at this passage and think, well, flip, like, and even if it's a subconscious reaction, flip, Jesus, like, I didn't have a yoke to start off with and you want to lump a heavy wooden thing on my shoulder? Or like some straps? But Georgia made the really good point of we all carry yokes, whether we think about it or not. We can be yoked for our own ways of doing things. We can be yoked to the trauma we've had from a young age. We can be yoked to the expectations of the world. We can be yoked to the pressures of our job or, you know, you name it, we can, we can get yoked to it. We're constantly yoked to something. So I think it's actually a replacement going on here. It's not just no yoke and then taking Jesus' yoke on. I think it's a replacement. And so what yokes do we want to take off? What are we yoked to at the moment? Holy Spirit, would you please reveal to us what yokes we are taking on and what yokes we have taken on? Because what does a yoke do? It, it, thinking about that, that picture that Jesus is using, um, a yoke offers guidance, leading, it leads us, it restrains us at times. You know, Think of that younger ox that's looking to be too keen, um, or getting distracted by that, or off task. And it's a safe, effective way of doing the tasks and moments of daily life. I've had an interesting one uh, with the work here probably the last two and a half years, where just navigating the challenges of it, and the landscape, and um, I think a lot to do with my identity as well, and how that's been tied in with the work, and uh, God's just been taking me on a big old journey with that. Lots of refining, lots of uncomfortableness, and lots of good stuff from it, and a lot of freedom from it. Um, and it's an interesting landscape at the moment in town. There are a lot of youth pastor vacancies, and I've done, I would have done five years in January, and I can think of probably less than five people, maybe about five people who are currently doing youth pastoring who have been there longer than me in town. So there's a lot of changeover. Um, it's an interesting time. There's a lot of hope. There's a lot of hope, 
but it's, <laughs> it's a challenging uh, landscape. And uh, I was at a camp about a few months ago, July, and God told me in the middle of it, said, I want you to get a spiritual director. At which point, I wonder if I, the first question I had was the same as yours, of what the heck's a spiritual director? Um, so I followed this through, and God really set someone up, and it was awesome. And I met with them a few Fridays ago, and oh my gosh, like just in that environment, an external person who, who I could talk about the work, and he would just listen and ask questions, and it was so good. That's just another moment of me realizing stuff I'd taken on, yokes I'd taken on. Um, stresses and strains that I didn't actually need to, to take. Like, it was what Ruby was saying. Like The stuff was still there, the challenges, and I still had to work through some things. But just realizing the things, I don't, I don't actually have to deal with that too on top of everything else. Um, all sorts of realizations. And so with that, when we're talking about these yokes and um, what yokes are we taking on, I think key people around us are huge in this. Someone who will lovingly be able to ask a question or lovingly be able to raise, like, Brad, have you ever thought about why that stresses you out so much? Have you ever, have you ever spotted that? Like, huge. Let's, and also the Holy Spirit, just asking him to, to show us. So I thought we'd just take 30 seconds right now, just ask Holy Spirit, what does he want to show us in this area? You may want to close your eyes, you may want to keep them open. Um, I'm going to close mine and put my hand on my heart, but you, you can skip around the room if you want. But yeah, Holy Spirit, we just ask that you would show us what yokes, what yokes we've taken on, what yokes we've lived with, even maybe our whole lives. And we ask that you would take us on a journey of freedom in this area. Some of you might have even got stuff just then. Um, but even if you haven't, God will really honor that prayer. He will really honor that prayer. And so as we take Jesus' yoke on, he says, learn from me. And learn from whom was the question that came to mind with this. Now, I love coming back to our point about the context of the passage. We, we, we've just seen, well, if you look at the previous verses, Jesus has been talking about the nature of his connection with the Father. Um, and I love looking at God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, because the more you look, the more he makes sense. The more you look, the more he makes sense. Um, I love the oneness. I love the different persons in, the, in, in Godhead, in the Godhead, in the triune God, the fancy term. I love um, seeing the different roles. I love the way the father um, is uh, sending his son and just delighting in his son and the way that Jesus is called the author and perfecter of our faith. I love the way that Jesus is just pointing to his father and just listening to his father. Um, I love the way the Holy Spirit just comes and guides and leads us and comforts us. But one thing that's really struck me recently, and it was really interesting, I was at a youth pastor gathering, and everyone was saying the same thing. They really feel it's important right now for us to really um, underline just how central Jesus is to our faith, and to really look to Jesus at this moment. Um, and whenever we look to, to Jesus, we will by nature then look at God as a whole. Um, and I, th I think 
looking at our Bibles too, like it struck me the other day, I was looking at Ephesians, and I just opened up the first um, pages or so and just had the book in front of me, and I was just scanning, and the amount of times Jesus is mentioned, it's just huge. And so when we're saying, when he's saying, come to me and learn from me, we're learning from Jesus. We're learning from the author and perfecter of our faith. And I think this is a challenge for us to do so in, in, in our lives, and our daily lives, but also I think even in, in church life, it's an interesting challenge. And I, I know myself and talking with the worship crew, we're on a bit of a journey at the moment as a church of how do we worship Jesus, like in song? Because a lot of, um, and we've got a switched on leadership in the worship crew, like just want to honor them, really switched on, been a delight getting to know them more this, um, this second half of the year, taking on some of Sandra's stuff, um, nothing musical, I can't help them with that. Um, I just listen and nod. Um, but there's a lot of worship songs out there which are actually quite me-focused. And even if God is mentioned in the song, actually the emphasis in the wording is quite often me. And so it is very much come into church thinking. The, the self-centered consumerism, the iPhone. Ever wondered why it's called an iPhone? They're tapping into it. Um, so learning from Jesus, just remembering how central Jesus is to our faith at the moment is crucial. I mean, it's always crucial, but in a time like this, let's really build on Jesus. And I was thinking as well about learning from him. Sure, we'll learn what? Um, and we can learn about you know, loving our neighbor. We can learn about practicing hospitality. We can learn about generosity. Um, but I was thinking as well about how Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. He says that about himself. And just this way of discipleship. And the concept he's, he's chosen to live out and call followers, followers into. Um, and learning from him in the daily life moments. Exactly what Ruby was talking about. Learning from him in those little, moment, little moments, but still significant and important. Last January, I got um, Disney for just a month as part of my rest package um, for my holiday. And uh, one of the things I watched was The Mandalorian, which is a Star Wars spin-off for those who don't know it. Um, and this kind of spacey, for those who are completely ignorant of Star Wars, bless you. Uh, but um, this kind of like guy, out of space, different planet, kind of full metal suited and helmet. Um, we're introduced to the fact that he never removes his helmet. And one of the mantras that this kind of assassin figure um, mercenary says is, this is the way. And says it amongst fellow people from Mandalore. And, you know, it's become a meme, and people will say, you know, this is the way, almost jokingly, I did it too. But I think it strikes on something a lot deeper for everyone in this world. Jesus is the way. We are all yearning for his way. Learn from him the way. Not striving, not doing more, not coming back under legalism. That heavy yoke. But being people of the way. Alrighty. Gentle and lowly in heart. For I am gentle and lowly in heart. I've been reading a, well, I've actually read a book where it was all on just gentle and lowly in heart. And it was a beautiful book um, by, I think, Dane Ortland. Uh, stunning. And in reading this book, he said this is the only moment in the New Testament where Jesus explicitly talks about his heart. The only moment. Now, what does heart mean in the Bible? Well, heart is getting at our, the, the very core of our values and our beliefs and our desires, the things that really just motivate us and, and 
leads to everything. Um, I suppose it's quite similar to our physical heart in, ter in terms of our anatomy. Uh, the heart is bringing life to things. We are able to function because of the heart, and it directs life and blood to all around the body. And that's as far as I'm going to go on biology. I'll leave that to someone else. But, you know, it's, it's that same kind of parallel. And Jesus chooses these words, gentle and lowly in heart, or some of your translations will have gentle and humble in heart. And I just think, if we were to choose two words to sum up Jesus, having not heard what I've just said in the last two minutes, what words would we choose? What words would we choose? Jesus could have used any words here. He says, gentle and lowly in heart. And my word, do I think that is staggeringly encouraging. He is so gentle with us and so humble and so lowly. He, is, he knows what it's like to walk the earth. Sinless, perfect, but he knows what it's like to be weary, to be tried, to be judged, to be persecuted, to be rejected, to be bullied, to be tortured, to be killed, to be sad, to grieve. He knows. And I think as well, when we ask ourselves what would be the two words we would pick, I think it can re reveal good things in us. We can say, well, majestic, or holy, or kind, or... And these can reveal really good things, but actually keep an eye out for what else is revealed. <laughs> uh, it's very easy to project things onto Jesus in terms of how we see him. Okay, rest for your souls. Now, Jesus repeats the word rest, but adds more the second time. He says, rest for your souls. I love the concept of rest. I could talk heaps about it, could do a talk all, all about it, but don't tell Robert because he'll stick me on the preaching roster. Um, but just this word rest is anything but one-dimensional. Anything but. Like rest is not just putting your feet up and, and, I don't know, having a glass of wine at the end of the day or whatever. Like time and place, absolutely. But rest is, is multi-dimensional. We think about tiredness when we're physically tired, emotionally tired, spiritually tired, socially tired. We think about what makes us come alive. Eugene Peterson calls the Sabbath a time for prayer and play, or pray and play. Sabbath and rest is dynamic, and it is deep, and it is rich. Read some books about, uh, from Jewish rabbis talking about the concept of Sabbath, and good luck understanding half of it because it's so deep. There is so much goodness to be mined from, from rest. And I love this phrase, rest for your souls. And for me, I was thinking of it being like a, a rest which is deep and snug and finding every corner of our hearts and our beings and, and touching and, and soothing that dryness and that tiredness and those hearts. One that truly satisfies the, the soul from the very core of our being. I've had an interesting weekend so far. Um, I've had to live this out and contend for it. I think this is another thing, which we'll get onto in a moment. Sometimes we have to contend for this. Uh, some guy reversed into me on uh, Friday uh, in his car and doesn't have insurance, and it's an interesting one. Um, and it's, it really got me wired. Like, all Friday and all Saturday, like, I've managed to forget about it for quite a few hours on Saturday, which was nice. Um, but it really got me. And in my prayer walk on Saturday, I was just praying through every single verse of this and being like, well, flip, I'm preaching on it on Sunday. <laughs> like, uh, it's good to be living it out. Um, and this, these verses have been with me the last few months as well. Um, 
But yeah, I was having to really choose to almost do that exchange. I was having to really choose to let Jesus minister to me um, and let him in rather than me just getting wired and right, right, okay, I'm going to the panel beaters on that day and I'll do, you know, okay, right. And if they say this and I'll do that and, you know, the, my mind is just going into that flow chart sort of whirring. Um, hey, mate. Uh, yeah, so it was, it was a real choice, and I think it is a real choice with this. Right, easy and light, and I, I think this flows onto it. Jesus comes along and says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. All right, mate. <laughs> it's like, that's a huge claim. That's a staggering claim, particularly those of us who've been Christians for a while. Yeah, 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 cool, Seb. Uh, come to me all the weary, yep, yoke, yep, Jewish, yep, like the oxen, heard that one five times before, yep, easy and light, cool, right, what's for lunch? No, 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 no. This is a staggering claim. This is a beautiful claim. This is an incredible claim. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. Does that mean when things are um, hard and heavy, that something's gone wrong? I find that quite confronting. <laughs> I think if that wasn't in the Bible and a Christian came up to me and said, yeah, but for, you know, being a Christian, it's just easy and light. I'd, uh, yeah, I won't say what I, yeah, no. It would cause a reaction. And I think it provokes something in me, if I'm honest. And I need to keep working through that and follow that train of thought. And Sunday's come around and I'm not fully there yet. I'm following through on that. But that is a staggering claim. Now, on the one hand, I think it's really important at this point, we're not talking about triumphalism of, you know, how's it going? I remember I used to chat with one person, I was like, how's it going? Yeah, good, God is good, God is good, God is good. I'm like, yeah, but how are you doing? Um, so grieving is still important. We've got lamentations in the Bible, a whole book on lament. We've got Jeremiah, who Christians love to quote uh, chapter 29, and if you haven't read Jeremiah and you just heard that, you probably think it's all sunshine and rainbows. It's probably about three chapters, about 28, 29, 30 or so. I could be 29, 30, 31, where it's really kind of like bring this uplifting element to it. The rest is 48 chapters of God's broken heart for his people, wanting to scoop them up like Heather and Don said, but they're just rejecting him. And if you go, if you go down that road, it's, it's, there's, there's consequences, but I want to scoop you up. But you'll keep going down that road, but I want to scoop you up. And the pattern of the Old Testament, right? Exile and redemption, exile and redemption. And then I, I want to skip you. Okay, right, I'm sending my son, Jesus. It is finished. I've made a way. But anyway, the weeping prophet. He's known as the weeping prophet, Jeremiah, amongst scholars. So we're not talking about just painting over cracks and suppressing stuff. So that leaves us with these two things. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. But grieving and lament and processing. And I think, you know, it's very easy to look at those two things. And go, right, okay, I'm going to, Seb preached on that, I'm going to balance these. The aim is not to balance them. The aim is intimacy with Jesus. The balance will come. And I don't know how or what that looks like for you guys. I'm, I'm going to leave that one with you of how to figure that one out in your own lives. Because how do you do that when you've got serious medical conditions? How do you do that when you are facing whatever. And yet, I think Ruby gave a brilliant testimony of it. Like Ruby said, it doesn't necessarily go away always. Sometimes it does. But it just, something just shifts. Something just shifts. It's no longer we are, we are under the weight of those yokes. 
Suddenly we're under Jesus's. I got breakthrough last night about 11.15 p.m. with the car. Um, something just switched. It's still there. Nothing has changed in the situation, but something has just switched. Just as I was falling asleep, God just really ministered to my heart, and just this thick peace came over me, and I was gone asleep. Jesus really comes to set us free. Um, worship gurus, if you'd love to come up, that would be awesome. Thank you. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Big invitation. Met by gentleness and humility. Promise. Rest. And not only that, but rest for your souls. Easy and light. The beautiful exchange. I'm assuming these guys want to sing a song. Should we, should we stand and just wait on the Lord for a moment and just let him... Yeah? Oh, I was right. Excellent. Um, yeah, let's just, let's just wait. We've done a lot of sitting, so just stretch and let's just engage with God. God, we wait on you. I just ask that you would um, do whatever you want to do, God. Do whatever you want to do. We love you. And God, I just ask that you would lead us in um, revelation. You would deepen it. You lead us in the beautiful exchange right now. The beautiful exchange. I just ask that you would be dropping revelation into these guys. Things I haven't even thought of or preached about as well. We love you, God. We love you. We love you. We love you. Lord, where we've got caught up in distractions around COVID and just missing your voice or prioritizing news over your voice, we're sorry. Oh, Father, we just, we praise you. And we open up our hearts to be ministered to you and loved on by you. You are gentle and lowly in heart, Jesus. I just ask for healing to break out in the room, God. Thank you for the healing you're doing in my life, and I know I need more and I want more, God. Thank you for the freedom. I just ask for more freedom. Just ask that things which have been carried since um, birth or even before birth and childhood, things which have been carried for years would fall off, God, please. Yeah. Where we have not stopped still enough to be scooped, we just let ourselves be scooped by you, God.
this. Holy Spirit, would you please come and blow on us afresh?